Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, Seattle. We got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, we can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all in the morning. Audio courtesy of Russell Wilson's Instagram. Russell Wilson's like that guy who your buddy's with in high school, and he's the first one of your friends to get laid, and he has his girlfriend, and he brings her to everything. So if you're playing video games down in the basement, he's coming over, and he's bringing his girlfriend. Tom, I want to know the accuracy of that. Scale of 1 to 10, go. Like a 7. I, I, I agree. I Thank get what you. you're saying. I think Thank it's you. creepier than that, though. I think, well, yeah, it probably is. I mean, here. that's true, but, I mean, I, I can't go that crazy. And I, I couldn't believe it. Well, can, we ju- can we set some ground rules first? Well, one, we were coming to you from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. 855-2124-CBS. You want to get in? It is a bit creepier. Like, we all had that buddy, by the way. My buddy Jake, and it, the sad thing is, is that the girl he dated in high school, Debbie, we were friends with. We liked her until she dated Jake. And then after they were together, because it's a high school relationship and very few of those stick around, after they were together, we liked Debbie. I, if I saw Debbie now, I would say, hello, how are you doing? How is your husband and children and things like that? My wife is doing great. We're about to have another son. Wonderful, wonderful. See you at the reunion. Have a great... Like, I enjoyed her as a friend. But when she dated my buddy, he just drug her to everything, and it sucked. Like, there are times where it's got to be you and buddies. And we all go through it. We all go through it. You have that that first serious girlfriend. You know what I'm talking about by that. And we all do a little bit of a disappearing act. It's hard to make that balance, especially if you're the first guy out of your buddies to do so. But it seems like this is just perpetual with Russ- with Russell Wilson. And you could tell the night he got drafted and they showed him back at his house, the face his first wife made, you knew that wasn't going to work out. And then he dates Sierra. And then he marries Sierra. And then there's that whole thing with him in future, which I don't want to get into. There's children involved there. But then there's this video. He signs his extension. You you couldn't have put a shirt on. You had to lay in bed. And be, well, oh my God, Sierra's hot. Everybody, oh guys, guys, Sierra's hot. Oh man, she's hot. I really don't want to see her laying in bed with her husband. I can't be the only one out there. I thought it was a little bit weird and off putting the video itself. Russell Wilson's a fine quarterback, and I'm going to get into that here in a second. But. <laughs> For for this video, there's two things. One, you don't want to be the guy who, with your buddies, drags your first serious girlfriend, wink, wink, you know what I'm see- speaking about, to everything with your buddies. You also don't want to be the guy trying to brag about your married sex. I don't care. Nobody cares. Like, Tom knows this. Tom is engaged now. How long has he been with Gigi? How long have you been with your fiancé now? How long is this? Almost Four nine years? years. Nine years together. I don't want to hear about Tom and his girlfriend. I don't want to hear about Tom and his fiancé. No one wants to hear that stuff. No one wants to hear about me and my wife and what we do after dark. You don't want to hear those stories. Do any of you do that? Any of you guys out there? 
And girls, too. No one wants to hear that stuff. Do you really gather around the water cooler? Hey, Herb, what's going on? Oh, man. Carol and I last night knocked it out. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Watching some Law & Order SVU. She gets up. She goes to let the dog out for the last time at night. So, you know. We go upstairs. I fart in the bathroom, get changed, come out. She asked me to open up a window because she can still smell the fart. Blinds are drawn. Dog's on the bed. I asked the dog to go sleep in his own bed. And then you know. You know. Left my socks on. Yeah. 32 years of marriage, man. 32 years. My son called during it because he wanted money to go to Coachella. But, you know, no one wants to hear that at all. No one. Not from Russell Wilson and his wife. I don't care how good-looking people they are. I don't want to hear about it. You don't sit around the, you don't sit around the, the water cooler wanting to know from your friends at work, your married friends at work. If Billy Jack Haynes, who is running the board right now, hello, Billy Jack. Ta- hey, say hi to America. Hey, Ken. Hey, America. How are you? If Billy comes up and goes, Ken, guess what I did last night? And I go, what, Billy? And he goes, had sex. I'd go, let's hear about it, Billy. Let's go. I want to hear the details. Because Billy doesn't happen that often, and Billy's a single guy. I'm a single guy. Let's hear the deets. There you go. I want to hear the deets. Someday, Billy will find himself in a committed relationship, and he will be married. And I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about his love. I I don't want to hear about that. I don't care. Don't care. Nobody cares. And it is, I hope that was pretty accurate for you, Tom, because let's, let's hear the video again. Can you play the video again? Let's, let's make it real creepy for everybody out there. Go ahead. Hey, Seattle, we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, you can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all in the morning. The sheets are all over the place. I got my shirt off. Guess what I just did? Great. You're married. That's what you're supposed to do. Congratulations. The growly voice makes the, well, it, that's makes the weird hair too. on the back of my neck stand up. Because he's so tired. He's so, so tired after a night creepy. of passionate lovemaking. You understand that, right? It is so creepy and just corny. Look, I like people who love their wives. I don't need to hear about their you know, their sex lives. But I think that people who are supportive openly and openly He sounds like Ice Cube at the beginning of the, uh, great. the, the I, It's Friday video. That's who he tries to sound like. Oh, my gosh. We got to stop. Thank God it's Friday. Oh. Fuck, 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 fuck. Man, it's shot. You make a good point about the, you know, the middle school era kid who, you know, yeah, has the first serious girlfriend and brings her everywhere. I think it's unfair to say that about someone's wife, even though I understand exactly what you're getting at there. But in this, there's just also a crossing a line of oversharing and corniness that we just and like lack of self awareness. It all combined here. For it's so disgusting... weird. It's just weird. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I don't, I don't think anybody else wants to hear about it. And I think he's a hall and of I famer. I, I got nothing against hey, the man as a quarterback. I think he's uh, he an all time yeah. great quarterback. And he wins. We spent six minutes here talking about it. So he's ultimately the one who the one who wins. Because six minutes, by the way, Herb at the water cooler. That was six minutes. Us talking about it is way longer than the night of passionate love making he gave to his wife. I guarantee you that. Even if he bothered to take his socks off beforehand. But uh, once you're married, we don't care. I just imagine it's going to be going through the motions, and it's not going to be that good. And no one wants to hear about that stuff.
There's a reason why there's still daytime soap operas, because that stuff's hot. Nobody cares. That's, that, that's why Fifty Shades of Grey sold like a billion copies. That stuff's hot. Russell Wilson, you're married. It's it's not hot anymore. It might be hot between you and your wife, and God bless you both. I hope it, I hope you can keep it spicy. I don't want to hear about it. Don't care. Do not care. But congratulations on your contract. 855-2124-CBS. Because, and I'm glad that they did it, because Seattle might be tardy. They're not stupid. And I kept hearing all these reasons. And, Tom, you remember this. And, by the way, Tom going to join us for the, in the 1 o'clock hour because we got to get down to these quarterbacks. And he's got that website, tdscouting.com. And it's, fa- it's absolutely fantastic and brilliant. I'm serious about this. But Tom remembers this last week. I was hoping it was just conversation for show fodder. It was. Because I kept hearing, and guys like Jack Del Rio knows football. It's not like the guy's an idiot all of a sudden. But, hey, they like to run and play defense. Who doesn't in the NFL like to run and play defense? Football's a conservative game. Football coaches are, for the most part, conservative people. They like to run and play defense and control the clock. They were number one in rushing last year. They were 17th in in defense last year. It's not the worst. It's not great. It's not one of those Seahawks teams like the past. And it was a defense that did not have Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, Earl Thomas got hurt in the first game he came back in. They like to run and play defense. What does that mean other than it's a cover-up for a conversation you're trying to force about Russell Wilson? Russ doesn't like to stay in the pocket. Do you really want him to stay in the pocket? That's the reason why he's being paid, the basis of what the money that he got paid for the first time around and the second time around. Do you really want him to stay in the pocket? Because he wouldn't have been worth anything if you wanted to stay him in the pocket. And also, if you wanted Russell Wilson to stay in the pocket, or if that was one of the reasons why we conjured up because we were during a slow time in sports because it was before the schedule release, the first round of the NBA playoffs isn't that great. If you want to watch NHL playoff hockey, I'm definitely in with you. I don't know how much of the regular folks out there talk about it. No offense to the hockey fans out there. So we had to conjure things up. So we like to say, They like to run and play defense. No kidding. No bleep, Sherlock. The second part of it, well, he doesn't like to stay in the pocket. Do we see who's going number one in the draft on Thursday? So these were supposed to be reasons to not pay Russell Russell Wilson. Okay. Let me bring out the – I'll bring out the sheet again because you can hear it. Top paid quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford. Now Jimmy Garoppolo is a special case. But Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Andrew Luck, bing. Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, Russell Wilson, bing. That's number 10 on the list, by the way, just by courtesy of contract. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Kirk Cousins, Phillip Rivers, bing. Ryan Tannehill, number 15th overall. Three quarterbacks went to the playoffs. I just gave you the list of who's not on his defense, but they like to run and play defense. They took a guy in the first round. He did not lead their team in rushing. Didn't even come close. Had problems with injury. And we were making arguments about not paying Russell Wilson. We really were doing this. There is a difference. And we do this with the Warriors. We just did this with Golden State. Golden State went out. They won game three. They won it well. They did what they do. But when they lost game two, and yeah, the Clippers came from behind and had a great comeback. Are the Warriors crumbling? 855-212-4CBS. There's a difference between reality and me trying to get your reaction. The reality of the issue is exactly what it is. They need Russell Wilson. They're not stupid. They know it's a quarterback league. As much as we want to run and play defense, and, well, I am pretty uncomfortable when he's not in the pocket there. 
He's what makes your team special. He's a reason why there's a 12th man still. And they know that. I don't need to preach that to them. I need to preach that not even to the fans. It's basically to myself and everybody else out there. If you're trying to find show fodder, fine. There's plenty of it for it. But you knew a deal was going to get done. Five burning questions up next on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Less than 20 minutes, Chris Trapasso going to join us. We'll talk draft with him right now. It's time for five burning questions. Go ahead. What's up, Ken? Yesterday, uh, Twitter had a field day with yes. a piece of news broken by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network who said that uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock had sent their scouts home for the weekend and that they were not expected to return by the uh-huh. draft. The belief being they don't know who to trust and wanted to clear the room. Oh, there were yeah. other insiders who suggested this may not be as crazy uh, as it initially seemed, but it can't be good. So on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident, Ken, since you do this to me all the time, what is your confidence level in the Mayock-Gruden partnership? Oh, it's low, but I, I think that the reason we make a big deal about this, is it, is it fair for me to say the Raiders are in danger of becoming the new Browns? I think that's fair, yeah, sure. Because it, being a guy in Cleveland, <laughs> go ahead, Tom, make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, you did it. You just did it. Do you guys have to know? Do you guys know him from Cleveland? Do you guys all know that? Being a guy in Cleveland. Uh, Yeah, being a guy in Cleveland. Changing the name of the show. No, being a guy in Cleveland. The guy in Cleveland show. Yeah. Uh, Watching the Browns over the last decade plus, trying to find ways to rationalize the Browns over the last decade plus, you realize that even if you make the same decisions that a lot of other NFL teams make, it's still probably going to lead to dysfunction because you'll mess it up in the long run. So people overreact to those decisions that you make that are basically the same decisions. You'll probably blow out the scouting staff after the draft, which according to Daniel Jeremiah and a host of others, that's normal. That's the way it's done. And there's fewer and fewer people who are allowed to see the draft board than ever before. That's why it's such an important job to be a GM, but I don't know how you make other guys GMs if they're never allowed to see the draft board at some point. So, There's a very small group of folks who get to see it. If you're going to fire guys and you're going to move on from them, well, you're not going to let them see it. So it seems to be common sense from any franchise out there. But because it's the Raiders, they've obviously done things differently. They've basically been a little bit mad about how they've done things. We tend to think that this will end up as a disaster, so we overreact to something that even has some common sense to it. So, yes, I think that more than likely this will end up not being good for the Raiders. However, I'm not going to beat them up for this. This is kind of the way things are in the NFL. Next. In other NFL news, Tom Coughlin this week uh, had a slight criticism for the two players, the only two players who didn't show up for voluntary workouts. Of course, the Jaguars have a new franchise quarterback trying to pick up where they left off two years ago where they fell just short of the Super Bowl. So Coughlin said, we're close to 100% attendance, and quite frankly, all our players should be here which has led to a mini controversy as Jalen Ramsey took it as a personal affront. He had his agent come out and defend him. He has also defended himself and oh, been God. pretty harshly critical of Tom Coughlin on Twitter. Who's in the wrong here, Ken? Probably. Well, uh, Tom Coughlin, I know that people are going to want to put him out the pasture. How many games did they win last year? Five? What were they supposed to do? Make the playoffs? Should probably be there. I know that it's a business, and I know that it's voluntary, and you fought for that in the CBA. Uh, You probably should be there. If you haven't done anything, if you really haven't proven anything, 
then you probably should be there because they were a tremendous disappointment. And you're one of the young guns on that football team. You're supposed to be a leader. So I'm probably going to side with Tom Coughlin on this one. Next. Yeah, 5-11, and 11, and he's only won three Super Bowls. No yeah. big deal. So, yeah. But what the hell does he know? What does he know? Uh, okay, NBA ratings are a little bit of a concern here on television in the playoffs so far. Down, They were down 5% in the regular season from a year ago, but in the playoffs so far, down over 20%, maybe even as high as 26% ratings decrease for the NBA playoffs this year versus a year ago. So what's the biggest reason for this, do you think, Ken? Which side of it again? Which are you saying again? The NBA playoffs, the ratings are down basically 25% from a year ago. 25% from last year? Where was The regular the no- season was down around 5%. Well, the regular season, it's still a LeBron effect. Thank you very much. The LeBron effect is to me because he's playing on the West Coast. So you're going to have fewer eyes on the West Coast naturally. I, I, I'm not trying to get an East Coast, West Coast thing. But they usually do those ratings how it slides across the country. So I think that that's going to take a bit of a hit. 5% isn't that bad on the regular season. The postseason obviously is LeBron. There's what other guy drives the media in the NBA like LeBron James? Kevin Durant hates the media. Russell Westbrook cusses everybody out. James Harden barely talks. He does a couple of Taco Bell commercials here and there, but that's it. What other guy? Giannis. Giannis. Giannis isn't from the states, even though he's a fine young man. He doesn't speak much in his own right. Who else drives the media in the NBA? I want to know. Kyrie, weirdo from Neptune. No. Who else? I, I, honestly, is there anybody you can think of, Tom? I mean, I think the Warriors were a big draw. I think people are a little bit tired of that. Yeah. You would think that's James what, Harden would be a big draw, but he never yeah. really has been. Nope. And that's why the that's Celtics why the, are a big draw in of themselves. The playoffs need LeBron, and LeBron's not there. But don't worry, because the next LeBron is on his way, even though he won't make the playoffs in his first year, maybe not even his second year. But Zion Williamson is on the way. Next. All right, this week, both top seeds in the NHL playoffs were easily eliminated in the first round. After tying a league record with 62 wins, the Lightning were swept by your local Blue Jackets. And a the couple Ning days Dynasty. later. Wait a minute, they're local to me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a guy from Cleveland. Go ahead. Yep, exactly. And uh, although this is not technically Cleveland. It's still. Uh, and just a couple days later, in fact, last night, the, the West top seed Flames were eliminated by the Avalanche in just five games. So Ooh. these two top seeds going down immediately, is that good, bad, or indifferent for the NHL? For the NHL, I actually think it's better because the NHL playoffs are just so much fun. I think if you got something that works for you, I think you should really go with it. Uh, it might hurt the regular season, but I don't think the regular season's hurt that much. I think it's it's such a battle to get into the postseason in the first place for a lot of teams. Like, And I'll mention the Blue Jackets. When they got in, it was a big damn deal. So when a couple of teams are able to get in with those final slots, I think it's a very big deal. To have the questions and the guessing games go on, I think that that makes it more fun. With the NBA, I think it could be a bad thing. With football, baseball, I think that can be a bad thing. And the NHL, if you got something that makes you special – I think you need to go ahead and, and take advantage of that. That place, when they were beating the Lightning the other night, that place was as loud as you could ever imagine a place for hockey in Ohio could ever be. So it's working. I say continue to do it. Next. Or right. to continue to enjoy it. Next. Last one, the top prospect in baseball, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is set to make his Major League debut for the Blue Jays on Tuesday. So, Ken, do you have any hope that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the star MLB has been looking for? <sighs> Boy, I hope so. We need some. We need some. We need more fresh blood. Mike Trout doesn't want to talk to the media, so I guess that one goes out the window. Even though he's the best player since Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb. 
Uh, Bryce Harper is fun. I, I need more guys because there's people who hate Bryce Harper. V- Vlad Guerrero Jr. is this is going to be a wrestling analogy. Imagine that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the baby face we've been looking for. People love Vlad. People want his son to do well. I, I think that it's a perfect Dusty Rhodes type of baby face for people in baseball. I, I want to see him do very well. I want to see people be excited about him. Because I, I was excited about Vlad Guerrero, one of the finest hitters I think we're ever going to find. Is that five burning questions? That has been five burning You questions. didn't even ask me about peeps, Tom. Oh, I didn't know that was a five burning questions question. You didn't ask me about can- Easter candy. You didn't ask me about any of that. Like, aren't, aren't we supposed to do a peep show? DA was dressed as an Easter bunny yesterday. Easter candy, frankly, sucks. There's Reese's your, eggs are good. Cadbury eggs can be good. There's a couple of Cadbury eggs I don't like, but Cadbury eggs are good, aren't they? Yeah. They're all right. Reese's Re- eggs are great, but Re- Reese's, Reese's really, really a, a Easter candy? I mean, sure. I guess the egg Yeah, when it's when it it's is. made as an egg, yes. All right. I don't mind jelly beans either. I'm not a big jelly bean guy. To be uh, uh, Easter's probably the lowest of my holidays ranked. Like I love Halloween. And Christmas is still pretty good. You know, I'm a Thanksgiving guy, obviously. Uh, because Thanksgiving's chill, and you really don't need to get a gift for anybody. Christmas, obvi- I like Christmas Eve better than Christmas. Um, Easter, Easter's just always been a pain in the ass for me. Isn't that terrible, Tom? Not really. I kind of get that. I mean, like it's, the, there's people, not much of a food holiday. People eat it's a ham. Very solemn kind of holiday. Yeah, it's, it's actually solemn. A, it's a solemn weekend. It's supposed to be a celebratory day on a solemn it's, weekend. It's it's always a thing like Christmas. You can really cut loose, have some fun. You're wearing a sweater, so it's not that hard to dress up for Christmas. Like you put on a sweater and some slacks, and away you go. Like, like dying Easter. eggs. Like who enjoys yeah. that? It's gross. No, it sucks, and it gets Vinegar all over the place. I hated it as a kid. Yeah. Exactly, I hated it as a kid, and it was just something people made me do as a kid. I'm like, why this sucks? Stop making me do it. And then everything else, like Easter again. If I go to Christmas, you put on a sweater, you put on some slacks, you're gone. Easter, you gotta wear a suit, man, and it's like God. Uh, I just can't stand Easter. You can't do the peeps either, huh? It, peeps. There are two people in this world. There's people who hate peeps, and there's people who like peeps, but they're afraid about the reaction of people who hate peeps. I do not like peeps, but I will say before social media, I thought I was like the only person in the world who didn't like peeps. I think it's become the cool thing to hate peeps. You get what I'm pointing out there? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not hard to hate marshmallows. People will hate peeps, but boy, they love Lucky Charms, don't they? Doesn't make any sense. 855-2124-CBS. Chris Trapasso coming up next. What should your team do at the top of the draft? You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS. Brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. My favorite song in college football. And a lot of guys who play in college football now making their mark as professionals in the NFL. The draft coming up on Thursday to talk about it. We welcome in Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Is Kyler Murray going number one overall? I think he is, yeah. Uh, There's a little more speculation or concern that he might not, but I still think there's about an 80 or 90% chance that with the Cliff Kingsbury connection, the air raid system, um, and everything kind of – the stars have kind of aligned for this to happen for a long time. 
Is everyone inside the Arizona Cardinals organization fully on board with this right now? I don't think so. Probably not. And that's kind of why we've heard some talk that he might not go number one, but it would be a huge, huge surprise if they picked a Quinn and Williams or Nick Bosa or traded out of the pick at this point. I think Kyler Murray will land in the desert with the Cardinals. Chris Trapasso joining us on the show. So what happens with Josh Rosen? I think as we get closer to the draft, and we're only five days away now, his value is dropping. That if he's on the roster at the same time as Kyler Murray, if it's all the way until draft day that the Cardinals trade him, he'll have maybe a third or fourth round value just because teams will know that they have to get rid of him. I think to me, and just from what I've heard, the Washington Redskins seem to make the most sense and have kind of shown the most interest in him. I don't think the Patriots are totally out of the question, but beyond those two teams, unless there's a few teams kind of hiding in the shadows, so to speak, uh, those two teams, I think second or third round pick, maybe throw in, uh, you know, depth player as well. Um, I think that's what's going to ultimately happen with Josh Rosen. If the Cardinals pick Kyler Murray, which seems about as close to a lock as you can get up, five days from the draft. If Josh was coming out this draft, where would you rank him among the current quarterbacks available? I would rank him as my top quarterback. Um, multiple years of experience. I like Kyler Murray. I'm not worried about his his size holding him back. I am worried about he's only played 13, 14 games. We saw in that college football playoff against Alabama in that first half. I mean, it is Alabama, and, and you know, there's plenty of NFL players there, Nick Saban's scheme, but Tyler Murray hasn't seen every type of coverage. He hasn't seen every type of blitz. Josh Rosen was a multi-year starter, played at 18 years old at UCLA, and looked the part um, from his freshman season on. There are some times that he's a little careless with the football, throws off balance, but he has all the, the skill, accuracy, arm strength, pocket presence to be a franchise quarterback. I think he'd be better than Drew Locke, better than Dwayne Haskins, certainly better than Daniel Jones. So it's, it's really interesting because he's that good of a prospect still young, but coming off a pretty bad rookie season in a really bad situation with the Cardinals. I was looking this up the other day, and I wonder if it's still true. I think between all the CBS Sports uh, NFL draft writers, and obviously it's a big deal, so there's like four or five of you, you all have Drew Locke going to Denver at number 10. Is it that much of a perfect situation, or is this John Elway being John Elway and this can end up being a problem for, for the Denver Broncos? I think it's mostly because it's a perfect situation that obviously after trading for Joe Flacco, John Elway came out and said, oh, I think uh, Joe Flacco's just entering his prime. That's obviously not true. They're going to say that, of course. Um, but they can get out from that contract after a season or two without much dead cap really at all. Yep. And learning from Joe Flacco would make a lot of sense. They're both downfield passers with big arms. Um, I think Locke can come in and play almost, maybe not right away, but I don't think he necessarily needs a redshirt season after being a four-year starter at Missouri. But the type of style that he would learn from in Joe Flacco and would give that team kind of a long-term answer at the quarterback spot, I think that's mostly why he's a fit, playing behind Flacco and being in a system that they're going to want to stretch the football field. See, I'm going through a bit of a problem here because when I opened up the show today, Chris, Chris Trapasso joining us on the show, I brought up Josh Rosen. And Drew Locke was actually a part of this conversation. Let me mix it in here because I'm going, man, Rosen, he's handled this all well. And I think New England would make sense. Miami, Cincinnati, Jacksonville should be Denver. The Giants get brought up. And I say should be Denver. Now go with me on this. 
it, it was hard for me, and I, I tried to explain it earlier, where if you're a fan and you heard me say that, you're probably telling me to go pound sand because why take a guy who I already saw play in the NFL and didn't play too terribly well, or since my job's not on the line, my ass isn't on the line, I'll just wait for Tua Tagovailoa or, or J- Justin Herbert or, or Jake Fromm or one of the other guys who I'm sure will march right up the draft board by the end of next year. Why not just wait for one of those guys? If you were a Denver fan and you're hearing about Drew Locke or you're hearing about Daniel Jones or one of the other guys, not even just Denver, why wouldn't you just wait until next year or want to wait until next year if you were one of those fans? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think each team, I mean, you mapped out the teams that do need a quarterback and would make sense to either fall into one of those categories, Drew Locke or wait. Um, But each team is slightly different. I think the Miami Dolphins, um, with their new GM, uh, Chris Greer, they realize um, that they're not going to be competitive this year and they're fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick and they want a Tua Tagovailoa or a Trevor Lawrence or a Jake Fromm. Um, and obviously with Joe Blanco there, the Broncos don't necessarily need to pick Drew Locke. Um, and Josh Rosen is interesting, and, and you bring up a great point, I kind of said it earlier. Coming out of UCLA, if, yeah. if Josh Rosen would have stayed at UCLA and not come out early last year, he probably would have had a huge year in the Pac-12, and we would probably be talking about him. I'm almost sure of it. We would be talking about him as the slam dunk number one overall pick, but he played as a 21-year-old in a terrible system um, with that was not very creative under Mike McCoy, bad offensive line, Larry Fitzgerald, and really nothing else at the receiver group. So I don't think we should really ding him that much. And I think what we're going to actually end up happening is there are going to be some teams that are going to pick Drew Locke, pick Daniel Jones, and then the Dolphins, to me, are the team that are going to be totally fine with that stopgap quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they're really trying to gear up to have a top pick in 2020 and maybe even in 2021. I get nervous about that, uh, seeing you know, Hugh Jackson, his name's Mud now. Is Brian Flores going to be okay? Will, will he be okay if they have a disastrous season getting number one and then moving forward? Or will the clock be starting on him even if they get the number one quarterback next year and then they move forward? You know, that's a really good thing to bring up, and, and it kind of segues from your last question and my answer, that – the whole idea of, oh, let's wait for a quarterback, let's wait for this guy, you can't really do that in the NFL. In theory, when there's a new GM and a new coach, regardless of what team it's on, um, everyone wants to say, oh, this guy has two and three years, maybe even four years to rebuild the team. The NFL stands for not for long, and you need to win. And even if this year the Dolphins' ownership, their GM, telling Brian Flores, hey, listen, we know we're not going to be good, win a couple games, we'll be happy. But then the fan base and the media kind of gets after you. And I mean, the fact that uh, Hugh Jackson lasted as long as he did was really surprising. So because of that standard in the NFL, that it's, it's an instant gratification society and it's win now or else, that's why I think someone like a Daniel Jones or a Drew Locke or even Dwayne Haskins, I think, needs a redshirt season, why those quarterbacks get pushed up. Because if you hit on them, you're – set for the next 10 years and if you don't you probably would have been let go anyway so that's that's something that needs to be factored into all of these drafts that ideally a, a new coach and a GM could sit there for five years and build his team but you got to win after two or three seasons should there meet Chris Trapasso joining us on the show by the way what you're telling me is incredible this is really great stuff Chris my producer's whispering into my ear about it you guys got to check this guy out on Twitter at Chris Trapasso 
uh, it, should the seat be warmer after this year or going into this year, maybe for Kyle Shanahan? Because I know I know he lost his quarterback last year. I get it. I know it. But you can only go with single digits for so long, low single digits for so long, and they've had a lot of tough top end draft picks there. And if you get Nick Bosa again or the, going into this draft. Boy, my God, we're we're starting to run out of time here. Maybe you just were snake bitten in San Francisco if somebody gets hurt again this year. Yeah, and I think you asking that question is a fair one, and it proves my point of what I just brought up. That God, yes. Two years ago, Kyle Shanahan was like the guy, and then it was a, big, a pretty big splash fire for the 49ers to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you said, he got hurt. But I think – I don't think he'd be fired midway through this season because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury last year, but you're right. They trade for D Ford. They're probably going to draft Nick Bosa. They have already invested, I mean, before he was there, but they had already invested a lot on the defensive line in early in the first round. Um, so, yeah, I would say in November, December, if the 49ers are not even sniffing the playoffs again, we'll, we will see some people asking, hey, is Kyle Shanahan the guy? Is, is, is he someone that can lead this team? in a pretty tough NFC West to the playoffs. And that would just be another illustration that this idea of three, four, five, six years to build your team, it doesn't really matter who you are. You do not have that time in the NFL. Did you agree with Russell Wilson and the contract he got, or do you just pay attention to the draft? No, I mean, I, I'm my job for CBS is just NFL draft analyst, but I'm fully plugged into the NFL as much as I can be. Um, and I've in, previous gigs written just about the NFL. The Seahawks had to do that deal. Um, the only thing that's kind of a disconnect is that they don't want to pass the football. They want to run the ball um, when they don't have a good offensive line. They don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore. Um, they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round last year. That was a really big head scratcher. They could have taken a, a ton of other players, even on the defensive side. That you know That Legion of Boom really isn't there anymore. There's There's really... Bobby Wagner, and that's it. And the secondary yeah. is totally gone. Um, so that's the only weird part. But Russell Wilson keeps that team in playoff contention because of how efficient he is and how durable he's been, despite being a more mobile quarterback. Who's the biggest steal pick 20 through 32? Who do you think is going to end up having a really nice career for one of those teams that are already playoff teams? Um, I'll go with Juan Thornhill, um, safety from Virginia. There's some buzz that he would be kind of a surprise first-round pick after having a big combine. He's my number one safety, and I don't understand why he would be considered a surprise. Um, he had 19 pass breakups the last two seasons, um, 10 interceptions. He has the NFL size, almost 6'1", over 200 pounds, awesome range from center field. He had... I think 63 tackles two years ago and was in the 90s this past season. So he was really active in run support. And then at the combine, he ran 4-4-2. He had an over a 40-inch vertical. He had an 11-foot broad jump. So you know he's really explosive. He's someone I could see the Chiefs, even though they added Tyron Matthew. The Chiefs um, could pick him to kind of fortify their secondary. That was a big problem last year. Um, the Eagles, I could see, you know, kind of grooming behind Malcolm Jenkins. There's a lot of those playoff teams that could use that playmaker in center field. And Juan Thornhill, not being talked about a lot, some of the other safeties are, are getting a little bit more buzz, but he checks all the boxes for me. And I think if he goes in the first or early second, will be a really good pro for a long time. Less than a minute left. I just need a team. Patriots, Rams, Packers, Chiefs, 29 through 32, even though I just did them the other way. 
Teams love to get into the back end of that first round, get that fifth year where they can have some player control. Who's the most likely to pull out of the first round out of those four I mentioned? Probably the Patriots, just looking at history. Um, that Bill Belichick, it's funny that, that we know how important Tom Brady's been to their dynasty over the past 20 years and, and just obviously Bill Belichick's defensive side and just how he's built the team. He hasn't really drafted any better than any other GM, but he's taken way more draft picks than others he knows the value and hey if i don't love anyone here if a lot of the defensive tackles are gone and the defensive ends are gone that's two big needs for them i'll trade out i'll end up picking two or three or four picks on day two and we'll just kind of get more roles at the table so i think um certainly some of those other teams could move back but just looking at history belichick is always very keen on trading down out of the first chris we thank you very much for the time enjoy the draft pal all right guys thanks a lot Thank you, Chris Trapasso, joining us on the show. A little bit more on that when we come back. And also, Russ Westbrook, yeah, he very well could be the Matt Stafford of the NBA. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.